0: Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast Podcast, brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Dave Weitzer. He's on the East Coast, and we have some NBA best bets here for you on Tuesday with a little slate in the NBA. Also have our player props video up as we do each and every weekday, so go ahead and like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along all season with us. We also want you to head to thelines.com, use all the info we're putting up on the site for you guys right now, and that odds finder tool that's under the NBA tab. Make sure that you're getting the best odds and juice available to you from all of these books that are giving you bets as you line shop this NBA season. Nate, let's go ahead and run right into your first best bet here. We got mini in Orlando.
1: Yeah, and Franz Wagner's out. Um, so, I mean, Paolo opened up with a huge prop of 29.5 points, which has been c- correctly identified as way too high. I think it's down to 27.5 now. Yes. Um, I would parlay the under with the Minnesota money line, indicating that, like, mm. look, the Magic are not winning this game unless Paolo's able to go off. Um, yeah, it, off. That gets you about plus 150. And I do like Minnesota to win the game. They they are such a low-scoring team, and the Magic can be low-scoring as well, that I don't really love minus five. So I think this is a, a good way to play it, to say, like, look, they, they, they yeah, again, like, Paolo's got to be crazy good, which he was in their last couple games here, but against... Denver and Atlanta, and and not, you know, Minnesota, which is Rudy Gobert at the back line, and then Jaden Williams, uh, Jaden McDaniels, excuse me, all over him, um, and one matchup against this team in his career, Paolo had 11 points on three for 16 shooting, <clears throat> the Wolves allow the second fewest points and assist to power forwards, and the fifth fewest to small forwards well, wherever he plays, um, and, you know, consider, like, Minnesota's road struggles, if you will, it, it's been, like... Meeting MVPs, nothing but meeting MVPs and getting their, their best shot. MB dropped 51, SGA 34 efficiently. Uh, Luca and Kyrie both gave him 35. And the Knicks, the new look Knicks, had a close win there. Um, but, you know, they, they did dominate the Rockets physically and then um, beat the Kings as well on, on the road. It's a impressive wins. And they're in a bounce back spot after their loss. 8-1 and straight up after a loss. I mean, in fact, their their last 13 games have been as crazy tough strength to schedule. And they're still number fourth in defensive rating. Uh, number three, opponents three-point shooting and assists per game. And Orlando, in these three, since Franz went down, have their highest percentage of points off threes, lowest percentage of points off twos. So they are so dependent on the three and on Paolo getting it done inside the arc as their like the, one guy to break down a defense. And I just don't think he's going to be able to do it against this defense. Nor do
0: I. Uh, I'll talk about that more in player props for sure. But I, I agree entirely and, and I'm 27 and a half is way less terrifying than 29 and a half for Paolo. But for, more importantly, for, for the bet that you're talking about, it it's just hyper relevant that even if he gets 27, let's say, like I, I don't trust really anybody to score on uh, on this Orlando team outside of him, that that game versus Atlanta going under way under with overtime and then not even close in regulation is is pretty indicative of how this Orlando team is going to play without Franz it's it's really that simple there is no other true shot creator or I I would say Markel Fulton he's out there can create for others because of his of the mismatch that he creates but there's there's not much to like about this Orlando team it was a good cover against Atlanta who continues to be a wonderful fade I believe they continue to be the worst against the spread team in the league is Atlanta so you you feel good about uh, you know you don't feel good rather about Orlando barely being able to beat them with the iteration of this squad that they're going to toss out there on Tuesday as well. So I love the, uh, the the Paulo under in general, and and I really do like um, Minnesota to, to pull this one out. So it's a it's a solid play there for plus one fifty on your money. Uh, let's go ahead and look at this Toronto and Lakers game for best bet number two, and we both were trying to look at how to play this, but I do think that in the end, right now. Unfortunately, you have to take 235 if you want to go over that total. It opened at 230. And got hammered up because it was wrong with the way that Toronto's playing now. And, and I know you'll talk about that a bit more too in player props, but the 235 total, I'm taking the over without Jakob Pertl, which, if you look at obviously in the last, and, and I'm really just dumbing things down to the last four games for this Raptor squad, it's a completely new look team. As we know, there's a lot less defense without OG and Anobi there, all NBA defensive player. And there's a lot less defense when Jakob Pertel's not on the floor, which is what's going to be the case in this one as well. He's got the second best uh, on off defensive rating numbers for this team the only guy actually with better rebounding numbers is Pascal Siakam um, but I would still offer that Pertle has more rebound chances he's just doing more of the boxing out so without him in there it's just a lot less formidable down low um, w- without the size that you're going to have for him, and, and that's just going to speed things up. So their pace has gone all the way up Toronto into the top 10 after being a bottom 10 uh, pace uh, uh, pace of play team, as we know, on the season. They, they still tried to get out in transition, and they still will try to get out in transition, uh, but the pace isn't there when when the, the ball goes through the, the basket for the Lakers, and I think that's going to be happening a, a decent amount tonight. Uh, the, the defensive rating for this um, Raptors team has climbed all the way up to about 118, now, good for uh, like I said, bottom uh, eleven or so in, in the in the league, one nineteen ish, and the offensive rating all the way up, you know, to one to about one twenty four or so with this squad, and it's looking really good the way that their assist percentage is way up as well because they actually have a point guard on the team. No offense to Scotty Barnes, who at six foot nine, I, I guess you're, it's not it's not like insulting to be like, hey, you're not Magic Johnson or LeBron James at six foot nine, one of the only you know two of the only guys to be able to play point guard at that at that size. He's still handling the ball, but IQ has the ball in his hands, right? Like Barnes is, is responsible for some facilitation, but with IQ in there, that's really what this comes down to, right? His on-off numbers already in the first four games are a pace of 103.5 when he's on the floor, right? And he's on the floor at this point for a solid 30 to 33 minutes because he is the starting point guard. Um, he's going to be a score-first point guard. The potential assists are still just as much there for uh, for guys like Pascal, uh, as well as, um, who was the other one that just had a bunch of uh, potential assists for them? I'm already blanking on it, but it was quickly in Pascal above scotty barnes for sure um and either way like for for the over in this one i I don't see ad having much resistance at all uh his 13 and a half rebounds prop is probably pretty well placed um, because i do see a lot of second chance points coming for him uh the the stuff with uh the last four games as well for second chance points for their opponents has gone up their offensive rebounding is has been maintained uh the the um raptors here and purdle's doing a you know has an impact on that Uh, but the fact that they're also continuing to get their second chance points they just increased their like they're basically the same offense with more three-point shooting is the Raptors and so I really wanted to take them to be able to cover against the Lakers team that has had some trouble especially at home over the last like six or seven games before that win against the Clippers Uh, but rather than try to force that without Pirtle on the floor when I think AD is going to have his way I'll go ahead and just take the, the over 235.
1: Yeah, I mean, we did say this this could be a spot for a teaser to get the Raptors up plus nine and get yeah. that, that, that total back to where it was uh, if you can't get that opening number in anywhere. But I mean, with Pearl out, yeah, the offense should be a lot more flowy, if you will, like more five out, more Boucher at the five or Great. whatever else they want to do to kind of take advantage of the Lakers clunkiness um, or age. Um, and the Lakers are are happy <laughs> to, to get into a, a higher scoring game. At home um, against a team that's not going to have rim protection. So, yeah, yeah, I could see this kind of getting back and forth. I mean, I wanted to take overs with quickly in the lineup, no matter who they were playing. It's just like clearly everybody else was looking for that angle, too, because they bet it up so quick. Yeah. Um. So I got this Knicks Blazers game and I will because this is best bets and we're throwing out game bets. I will say pick two a here is the over at 227. I'm just a little concerned about the Blazers actually coming along against the Knicks team that is just so good on both ends of the floor right now. Uh, but, you know, there is some numbers to indicate that they they can score here. They score nine more points per game with Anthony Simons in the lineup. They score six more when Brogdon's in the lineup. And you're going to love this one, Josh. They score eight more when DeAndre Ayton is not in the lineup. In the and, um, you know, that, not, not to... Uh, pile on him because the, actually their defense has been much worse without DeAndre Ayton as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, their they're last 14 here, they have a 122.5 defensive rating. Takeaway two against Phoenix, which is crazy to say, like Phoenix is the outlier of terrible offenses in that stretch. They have a 125 defensive rating, um, and they're giving up 123.5 on the road. Knicks' team total is 120.5 tonight. And I think they'll be hovering around that for sure. I just think, yeah, so as long as you get Portland... To, to be in the range of covering, um, you know, that this is going to go over. The new look Knicks are hitting 15 threes at 40%. They are number two in fast break efficiency, which was not a thing uh, prior to getting OJ in there and, and scoring off turnovers, etc. And their defense, like Hartenstein, he's not allowing anything at the rim. But Portland does score a high percentage of points off threes, especially with Simons in there. Simons has shot really well against the Knicks his last three, 30 points per game. A lot of threes. And, I mean, that is part two of my bet here, which is just a player prop on, on Hart and Stein to keep getting his points and boards, 21 and a half. I mean, what do you want to say? Yeah, He had basically had 20 boards in two of the last four with this new-look team. The only time he's gone under this, even close to under this, was against the Big Wolves. He had a 45% defensive rebounding rate against Washington. So if Portland starts throwing up bricks because they can't score on this team, he's going to eat. Um, And they do allow the most points per game to centers in their last seven since basically since ayton has been out. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, the, the only thing you worry about with the Knicks is like the, the Blazers good three point defense. There does seem to be a pretty high correlation between the Knicks even attempting threes. And the Knicks winning, right? Like in their wins, uh, with the three point from the three point arc, they're shooting forty two percent versus thirty two percent in their losses. You're always gonna find a better percentage, right? When you win, obviously, like that's obvious. You make more shots, you win more games. But nine threes even made or uh, attempted is a wild disparity, uh, and the and the makes there as well. The four more when they're uh, in, when they're winning right now. I, I do think that this has a win written all over it for them. I, I don't see the the Blazers being the thing that sort of disrupts this this moving train like OG was was it was the was the dude that you needed on this squad right like Josh Hart Dante DiVincenzo really nice sort of Swiss army knife players OG's the the, the dude right like he, if you can guard one through five and you're not an undersized dude like Hart and DiVincenzo are and you're actually able to, to hit those corner threes unlike RJ Barrett was although RJ all of a sudden turned into a three-point shooter after he had 33 the other night against the Dubs. That was an anomaly, by the way. Uh, but either way, I'm, I'm with the the Knicks continuing to score. Maybe look at their team total as well, because I don't think that they'll slow down if the Blazers don't come along. Um, but I could see the Blazers coming along if they hit their threes, to your point. Anfrey Simons is a good type to uh, archetype of player to be able to uh, score on the Knicks. So let's go to a game that I'm not expecting a lot of scoring, and that's Dallas and Memphis. And we should mention that John ja Morant is out for the season. Not great for basketball. Uh, wish him as speedy recovery as possible so he can be back for next year, but he's going to be sitting out the rest of this year. So now we're back to the Memphis Grizzlies of pre John Morant this season. And what that means is unders. So under two and a half against this uh, Dallas team who will be missing um, uh, Derek lively, who I would definitely think would have a, 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 would have a solid impact anyway, at least being able to bang more so with, with Jaron Jackson jr. Um, and without him, I actually think JJ triple J the, not the real triple J cause that's Jaime Jock is, but Jaron Jackson jr. I do think that he's in line for a decent game. He's had some back-to-back monster games and I don't think he's the most consistent player in the world, but this is going to be another good matchup with Dallas, not having much defense down low. Um, that said, like if he's your offensive go-to, Right. It's going to be a different case. Their pace is faster with Ja. They're scoring nearly seven more points per game with Ja this season. They're essentially, if you don't want to call them the worst offense without Ja Morant, you can say they're bottom five. And and they have Marcus Smart back. And Marcus has actually equaled a bit more offense and pace for them in their last uh, four games since he's come back. At the same time, their defensive ratings right back down to about 112.5. and a half. And with Ja out there, it does go up a bit, unsurprisingly. Not that he's a totally bad defensive player. He can still get steals and get out on the break, but the, the focus definitely goes a lot more from we can't afford to give up baskets because we don't have offense to we can, you know, be a little bit less laxadaisical on uh, or more on defense because Ja's in there to save us. Um, so the, the pace, the points, Denver, uh, I'm sorry, Denver, Dallas has been going under a bit more at home, even with Kairuka both out there. Like, I, I don't want to go too crazy here. They've got some games where they scored 139 points, right, on some bad teams. Um, but when you look at the good defenses that they've played at home, including this Memphis Grizzlies team, we're talking about 233 total um, at Memphis, a 202 total versus Memphis with no Luka. And then recently they played Cleveland at home, 223 total, same with Minnesota in this last game, 223 total. For For them as they pulled that one out against the Timberwolves I just I think it's much of the same Uh, Grant Williams being back does help their offense Uh, he does play really well in that pick and roll a bit more but like I said without Derek Lively without a rim runner uh, I don't think Dwight Powell is going to have much luck in this game versus the the Grizzlies down low with the three different centers they're going to be throwing uh, at this this Mavs team so under 234 and a half I don't want to just base it entirely on the fact that like last time this went well under at at Dallas in this this season because Luca wasn't in that game and that's I mean he's he, he's got the gravitational uh, pull of a son so it doesn't really matter that game as as precedence but like I said back to Memphis ball with 100 uh, with 100 and roughly 12 defensive rating in their last uh, four games back up to eighth best in the league um, with that offensive rating also dropping back down so some more Marcus smart plays tonight uh, should be a little bit more defense against Luke and company and, and we'll take the under 234 here.
1: Yeah, like it would you rather take Dallas under 121 and a half or Memphis under 113 and a half?
0: Probably. Man, it's it's like d- Dallas's defense just doesn't inspire any confidence to be honest with you. So I think I would I think it's 50-50. I think I'm just going for the game total. Do you do you prefer a team in there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you're following your your logic, I think you take the Dallas under just saying like neither team's going to be in the 120s here. Memphis is just going to impose their will i mean you look at the game log yeah Luca has missed a couple of these games but i mean dallas has only scored only topped that total uh twice in their last maybe like in the last three four seasons here against yeah. memphis so it is kind of a, an organizational uh you know exerting their will and and with marcus smart out there you maybe do a pretty good job on Luca because you know you know, he wasn't he wasn't really out there the last time when this game got to 233. Right. Um, so now, now he is, and he's healthy.
0: Yeah, a lot more Derrick Rose when these games were going over, which we won't see him tonight. So, Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA play-a-prop. We're uh, targeting a couple of games here because we actually know who's playing in this Raptors-Lakers game, uh, and we have some, some decent props that we can look at. So let's jump right into that one.
1: Yeah, Emmanuel quickly, over 22.5 points and assists. It's good odds here. I mean, I love the fact that the Warriors held him to just, you know, 10 field goal attempts, low scoring output. And now you get this in another comfortable place. I uh, was able to get him against the Kings on Friday, and he got it late, you know, kind of struggled a little bit scoring the ball. But the ball's just in his hands so much, and the Raptors are totally fine with him finding his stride. Um, it, you know, there's no adjustment period. It's just like, yeah, here's the keys to the offense. Like, we've been missing somebody who can create a shot in the half court. And IQ can do that. He's clearly allowed to just take step back threes, pull whatever, and and run the offense. He had he still had 10 assists against the dubs, who limit assists. And, you know, he's averaging 16 potential assists per game with these Raptors um, in four games and and they've played faster with him. One oh one pace overall. You said one oh three pace when he's on the floor. The Lakers have been bad guarding the three point line in their last four. 44% opponents are shooting also allowing 29 assists per game and also allowing 25 and points and 10 assists to point guards in their last 15. I, I mean, I don't trust their point guard defense, their defense at the point of attack at yeah. all. I love, I love an athletic guard like quickly to attack D'Angelo Russell, Reeves, whoever else. Um, and, you know, with Yaka Pirtle out, Rui Hachimura out, um, you know, this is just a better scoring environment than we're used to seeing when the Raptors, come to town um, and quickly is the main reason for that for sure man I mean like it's
0: it's awesome that his name is quickly just dude super spazzy quick. Uh, quick Twitch, right? A fast Twitch uh, player. And like, yeah, he's the exact prototype of guy that, that'll give the Lakers trouble, which we've, we've targeted this season a number of times. And I believe D'Lo is out, which actually helps. But I believe so is Gabe Vincent. So it's like, that, that would have been a pretty solid point of attack. Oh no, Delo 's in. How wonderful for our overs and for Emmanuel Quickly to score. This is just, turn everything's turning up Josh and Nate today for sure. So I'm with the Quickly bet, 100%. Let me talk about his counterpart for my first best bet, which is Scotty Bonds. Who's gonna go under? I believe on the rebounds and assists. And I freaking loved this bet before I went right to injury report and was like, oh crap, Pirtle's out. So that means there are some more rebounds available for Scotty Barnes. But all of that said, I'm still sticking with this bet under 14 and a half rebounds and assists. The the assists are five and a half. The rebounds are eight and a half. I bet the rebounds would be juiced a little bit worse for us if Purtle was in. So we're getting a little bit of value on about minus 104 for him to go uh, under this number, right? Um because they are up a little bit higher, 14 and a half rebounds and assists. I'm going to combine the two. Um, I I agree that like one of the assists are a little bit less scary. It's just a lower number. So that's why I'm going back to, to both of them. All of that said, the, the, the point guard role isn't really there for him anymore, and and that's what I've been sort of uh, harping on as we've talked about this Lakers and Raptors game is that in the four games since IQ and even to a degree, R.J. Barrett are there. like Because R.J. Barrett's someone that you trust to drive and score on his own more than O.G. Ananobi. O.G. Ananobi's offensive game is I'm a good spot-up shooter. RJ Barrett's offensive game is, if I have a mismatch, I can barrel to the lane and I don't really catch and shoot. So I don't really score off of assists anyway, right? Um, and so that's why you see the Knicks now getting more dimes and, and more spacing because they've got OG out there. RJ's not the dude to be doing that. So with, with that in mind, that takes a little bit of the assists away. He's at eight potential assists in the last four games per game with about five and a half assists per game. So we're right at the assist number. The rebounds aren't even close. Uh, he's got eight rebound chances per game in the last four. Once again, Jakob Pertl's out there. I will say, though, Jakob Pertl, when he's out there, the rebound percentage for the team as a whole gets higher, but he's not grabbing the highest percentage of his rebound chances, right? Like Jakob Pertl, it's what I always talk about, is boxing out. Guys like Scotty Barnes are able to get in there. Pascal Siakam, also a better boxer. boxer outer than Scotty Barnes is and that's why you, you like his you see him getting so many uh rebound chances as well um, but maybe fewer rebound chance percentage for Scotty uh like the 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 rebounds against this team I just I I can't see it with both ad and LeBron in there uh when he's gotten this before Scotty Barnes against this team either ad or LeBron were not playing when he faced this team or both of them weren't playing in one of those games as well so that's why you you, you know the the inflated numbers for Scotty Barnes versus this team I kind of like the fact that he's done that in the past because that he hasn't played this iteration of the Lakers in the past. Uh, even the last game that he played against them uh, didn't have the same. Uh, it did, was before the trade where you know they got D'Lo and, and a couple other guys like Rui, obviously, and Vanderbilt, etc. Uh, so uh, the, those guys being out there are much better, Scotty Barnes stoppers than the likes of you know who was on this team the last time that he he was playing this squad. So uh, the potential assists so low is is wild, right? But the, the the rebound chances at eight when he's supposed to get eight and a half, he's only averaged three and a half over the last four games as well. All this stuff isn't there for him because I don't think that he's figured out exactly how he's supposed to fit within this when it was very clear that, like, Unless Dennis Schroeder is on the court, Scotty's always bringing the ball up. And even when Dennis Schroeder brings the ball up, the offense isn't really running through him. He's passing and moving over to the wing. And now Scotty's taking the top of the key. And it's just not the case anymore. With quickly having the ball in his hands the whole time, his potential assists, as well as everybody I sp- spoke about, Pascal's, have gone up. And Scotty Barnes, everything has just gone down. So I still think they'll find a way to have Scotty impact games for sure. But I do think that he's more likely to be taking some shots tonight rather than trying to facilitate offense.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the correlation here between Quickly's assists going up, Barnes going down. Uh, we're both on the same page there. I Yeah, I mean, Pirtle being out makes me scared of the rebounds. And I know Middleton got under for you uh, last night because he, he went under on the rebounds, not the assists. But I, I don't know if you want to stick with this. I think maybe you want to add the points or go points and assists for the under for Barnes uh, just because AD is going to be on him a lot. But on the defensive end, like he's gonna he's gonna have to rebound like a center. Like I don't care what he's listed at or what he's playing on offense. Like he's their most physical guy. If you have Boucher and Siakam in the front court with him, he's you know he's the one who's gonna have to get down there and, and fill the void with Pirtle missing his first game of the season. So we'll see if he can do it. Uh, tall task for sure. Um, speaking of filling the void, Jaden Ivey, I'll go over eight and a half assists, rebounds with Cade Cunningham missing his first game of the season. You get nice juice on the over here for Ivy. I still don't really trust him to score. Uh, his points prop is 16 and a half. I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, he's going to step in and, and score for Cade. I think maybe that's more Boyan. Um, even though, you know, Ivy is averaging 16 points a game, 5.2 rebounds, four point four assists in his last 10. The minutes... Uh, again, you know, this is what scares Josh off it under 29 minutes per game, but his usage rate is the second highest on the team, um, in that span, 24%. And Cade, obviously with the highest usage was, was, was averaging 24, five rebounds, eight assists at home. Um, uh, we don't expect Ivy to replicate those numbers by any means, but he is stepping into the point guard role where, where we saw last year, him, him put up really good, well-rounded peripheral stats when he was doing that because Cade missed the entire season. Um, and I think his minutes have to rise here, you know, Monty, Monty might be weird about it, but like not in this spot, right. When you're missing Kate Cunningham, um, and when you're facing this Kings team where you have a, 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 an athletic point guard who can get some numbers, Kings allow the most rebounds per game to point guards. In fact, seven rebounds per game, 9.3 assists per game, and overall allowing the third highest assist to field goal ratio in their last three. Uh, so I'll take Ivy to get some peripheral stats here yeah I mean I'm fine with the the points
0: to be honest uh if you do look at the the points he went over this pretty consistently when Cade missed last season and he was in and I know Cade missed like all of last season um but I still think that that's that's pretty indicative of, of what you can expect tonight the, the tough thing is is trying to find his minutes right like i I'm so fed up with Monty Williams as a better. And obviously as a basketball fan because this team is terrible but more importantly as a better like i it's just there's there's a couple lineups where you only know one or two guys are for sure gonna be playing we've talked about it before it's bogdan on the um on i'm sorry boyan on the uh on the pistons you know i always mess them up and then it's it's uh kate and so with, with ivy out there you you hope that he's getting those minutes because their best player isn't available and he's their Probably second best backcourt player, right? At least he should be. So we'll see. I I, I hope the minutes are there for him. They should be. It's just that Monty terrifies me, like like we've talked about. But I'm gonna um go on a bet. I apologize. I honestly didn't even see that in best bets. You took Paolo as a part of a really solid um uh, same game parlay with Paolo to go under his points and the Minnesota Timberwolves to beat the Magic. I'm gonna take Paolo points and assists under. And by the way, I took Paolo 25, 5, and and 5 in his last game against Atlanta. He had four assists on 12 potential assists. So that's also what I'm looking at here. That Magic team couldn't put together a solid field goal or shooting splits against the Hawks at home. I'm not feeling very good about their ability to score outside of Paolo right now at all. Uh, without Franz Wagner on the floor. So uh, that's why I'm taking the points and assists under for him. The rebounds, I'll leave alone. We have Wendell Carter Jr. not on the floor again. The only other rebounder really on this team is going to be Jonathan Isaacs is out as well. By the way, it's going to be Goga Batadze and Goga probably will get the 30 minutes or so he's been playing. But there's just two rebounders on the floor down low for them at that point. And Paolo is going to be that guy. So I'm leaving the rebounds out of this. But the 27 and a half points is still high against Minnesota, man, for a good player like Paolo, who just look, I'm, 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 <laughs> what do you, whatever you want to do with that Denver game that they won, uh, uh you know, on the road, like go for it. I, they, they play Denver really well and have been in terms of the magic. Then you come back against the Hawks. He doesn't get this until he gets to overtime and scores about seven points and over or eight points in overtime to get him over this points and assist number. Right. So I, I just, it's not something that I see happening without guys around him that can shoot At all. Uh, That's a huge problem. The Minnesota defense here is tailor-made. For stopping a guy like Paolo, who scores 37, or excuse me, shoots 37% of his shots from inside of 10 feet, so he's always going to the basket. He's attacking. So is Franz as well. But that's that's this Magic mo, and that ain't going to happen against the, the best defensive team down low with Mitch Rob not playing anymore. Rudy Gobert is making a case for Defensive Player of the Year for sure. Uh, certainly All Team First uh, Defensive Team now with with uh, Mitch Rob off most likely. So uh, you know that's that's why they're limiting uh, power forwards to the second fewest points per game, the second fewest rebounds per game, uh, they don't get assists as, I'm sorry, th- uh, third second few assists per game, the rebounds they get a little bit more because as good as Kat has been in the past at rebounding, uh, and Rudy is very good at rebounding, still a position that they've struggled with in terms of allowing boards a bit more this season, so that's why we're sticking to, that's part of the reason, we're sticking to the points and assists, um, and I just expect a much slower game, Orlando's been playing much slower and choppier at home after they put up like 140 points a game there for a few games in a row against some bad defenses, even against Atlanta having 105 points at the end of regulation was like bananas right for that team even without Franz Wagner so I I think that's who we're going to continue to see Minnesota's been playing slower and choppier on the road averaging about 225 totals when they're away from home Uh, and I mentioned this Orlando team in their last six home games or so uh, they've also just only been scoring 109 allowing 105 so probably slow and choppy tonight with Orlando and Minnesota
1: yeah, I'll tell you what happened in that Denver game. It was a back to back after Jokic hit a, a half court buzzer beater, oh, and then we mean, knew that. to fade the Nuggets, mm-hmm. getting like giving eight and a half or more. And it turns out Magic won outright. Paolo was incredible. That's right. Um, but yeah, he's not going to be incredible in this matchup against a Wolves team that's that's taken some bad beats that I mentioned has played a ridiculously hard schedule um, and is now in a bounce back spot. Um, against this Orlando team that's shorthanded. No Franz and and too much focus on Paolo. And I don't think he's going to be able to score on the interior, just like you said.
0: Yep, for sure. We're we're both riding the Paolo under tonight. So that's all the time we have for you in this one. Go ahead and like and subscribe to that page so you can continue to follow along all season. We also have Best Bets up alongside these play of props each and every weekday. So until we see you next, happy betting. Yeah,